Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Welcome to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is your graduate student co-host, Brandon Saxton. And your associate professor co-host, Katie Gordon. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. It's been a busy kind of new start of the academic year, which has yeah. brought changes for both of us. You started internship, which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So folks who have listened before are familiar with the training um, structure or or. I don't know, process, I guess, for clinical psychologists know that the last year of graduate school is a full-time year-long internship. So that's what I started at the beginning of this month. So I've been doing that for about three and a half weeks now. And it's been quite an adjustment, actually. Um, You know, the, uh, I mean, I was a graduate student for five years before that and an undergraduate for four years before that. So pretty well accustomed to kind of that academic lifestyle and being on and around university and so changing up my schedule a little bit like that and having a real strict eight to five uh, has been a big change for me. So it's, it's been a new experience for sure. Yeah, it sounds like you're learning a lot of new things, but it's, yeah. it's really, I remember it, my internship year pretty clearly it being a really busy time, mm-hmm. um, finishing up dissertation, thinking about yeah. jobs. and it, it is, yeah. I was trying to, this is so besides the point, and, and so forgive me, but I was trying to explain to someone the other day who was kind of outside of mm-hmm. this academic process about my dissertation, my desire to kind of get that done because it is a little bit different now, kind of having that full-time schedule and trying to find time to, to work on my dissertation, um, you know, outside of just taking care of myself and just being a person, which are things that take a lot of time. And I was trying to explain, and I don't know if this is the same experience that you or other graduate students or former grad, graduate students have had, but the dissertation is sort of like a it's this constant weight that's kind of on your shoulders or it's kind of this thing that's always on my mind. Um, not ever like super pressing or super stressful, but it's it's always this thing that I'm like, I need to find time to work on that. So even downtime is a little bit impaired because like, no, I need to get that thing done. So I've got this huge desire to try to knock that thing out mm-hmm. um, by January is my mm-hmm. self-imposed goal. But it's kind of an interesting thing to try to explain or it was in that situation to someone who is very empathetic, but outside of the processing couldn't really wrap their mind as easily around what that was kind of like it's kind of a unique experience yeah I'm trying I, to say. yeah i think so yeah i know what you mean it's and it it helps it certainly helps to have one less thing especially as you're planning jobs to be able to say you're at a later point in your dissertation because yeah. a lot of them ask about that not that i'm trying to drum up anxiety but no i relate it's true. Yeah, yeah absolutely I, I definitely relate to that yeah and i um just starting a new school you're not as big of an adjustment for me but um but an adjustment from the kind of summer schedule. Yeah. So my main thing was saying that I haven't been able, it's been harder for us to find a good time yeah. for us to podcast. So we want to do, we're going to do a, a fairly brief episode today mm-hmm. because we're actually off to see a movie that we're excited about and have some plans for a future podcast episode on. But we wanted to talk about Queer Eye. Yeah. And so maybe, we, you know, if you haven't seen it, I mean, the the basics of, well, I know Brandon's seen it, yeah. most of it, um, almost all of it. Yeah, almost all of it. I've seen 
some of some of the episodes multiple times. But basically, a while back, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy mm-hmm. was a show on, and the basic premise of that, I'm trying to look at the year, it was on from 2003 to 2007, was that they had five men who identify as queer uh, helping someone who identifies as straight, basically, to do makeovers and advice. And so a lot of the time it would be someone who's like a really nice person, but maybe they've had something stressful happen in their life or they're just really busy and they haven't had time to kind of take care of themselves, their appearance, their hobbies and things like that. And so the guys go in and they give advice and they give support Mm -hmm. and it's it's a sweet show. So on the surface, it kind of looks like a fashion makeover mm-hmm. show, but I think it goes deeper than mm-hmm. that, actually. And so Queer Eye, I was excited about that because I did watch the original series, and that's a Netflix series. They have two seasons up on Netflix already. It was really popular, and it's kind of a, a similar setup where they have five men who identify as queer and they each give advice in a different specialty area from interior design in their house um fashion grooming i think is it um culture and i'm missing one and food how can i forget food and and so and and the difference it's not always someone who identifies as straight as the person that they're helping and you said they had a nice way of referring to the the person they yeah, select for their show. Yeah, right? so to prepare for this episode I was just kind of reviewing the Wikipedia page just reviewing some of the specific details from specific episodes and what I noticed they have a table kind of outlining each season and what I noticed was in this table for the kind of person who the Fab Five was helping in each episode, what they called them was the hero. And I thought that was so nice. And of course, that was just kind of the discretion of whoever started the Wikipedia page or or modified that table. But it very much did fit within what I perceived to be the theme and the spirit of the show, where this person is kind of the hero of this story because they kind of portray it as a a mini narrative with even kind of you know subsections to the episode and and i thought that was so nice and uh, really just kind of a a feel-good moment uh which very much paralleled a feel-good show definitely and one of the sweet things is that the the hero is nominated by friends or family Mm -hmm. who are kind of concerned or think that they could do a little bit more and so even though Again, on the surface, it looks kind of like a makeover show or something like that. It reminds me a little bit of the show I used to watch called uh, What Not to Wear, where it was similar. There are these mental health issues connected Mm -hmm. to some of the stories, or there's some life changes or adjustment, and they send in a supportive crew that's in there helping them to find ways to maybe help them feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And, And they're just... I think the biggest thing for me of why I like watch it, it's just very, very sweet. It's mm-hmm. not uh, very cynical. I mean, it's got some funny aspects to it, but there are a lot of genuinely touching moments yeah. in it. And, and, you know, a lot of fun and funny moments too. But there's just, I think especially in the new version of Queer Eye or the more recent one, they try to touch on some difficult mm-hmm. social issues and have show these kind of one-on-one conversations about it. Yeah. And it seems genuine in a way. that So that's that's part of why I, I really like it. So we each picked a couple of things that we thought were related to mental health themes. And I picked three. And you have two, I two. think. Okay. Yes. Some of my three are short, though. So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll just yeah. I'll, I'll launch into my first yeah, one. Please. This um, One of my favorite episodes is actually episode two of season one. Uh, yeah, me too. Just saving Sasquatch with Neil. And I think 
part of why I really like it is because Neil deflects with humor and, you know, we've talked about humor and mental health in the show. And I think that humor can be great and effective for coping with mental health. But in this, he's doing it to a point where he's distancing himself from people. And I know that there's one, there's one scene in the episode that a lot of people connected with and it has to do with uh, Jonathan because I saw it turn into gifts and quotes and yeah. like passed around and stuff. And he says, he says to him, because basically what happens with Neil is he's known as a very good friend, but his friends feel like they don't know him. So he listens to them. He supports them. He's there for them, but he doesn't really open up for them. And it seems like in the past several years, he's especially been like that. Yeah. And he admits that part of that is distancing. I mean, even when the Fab Five go up to, to hug him in the first place, he's like, yeah. I don't want you in my area. I don't want you near my stuff. I don't want you near me. And that changes a lot. Um, so so anyway, he Neil says, I know it's not going to change overnight, but th- at the end of the, the show, it, but it gave me a glimmer of hope that things could be different. And I really liked that because I do think that mirrors sometimes in therapy where it's like the therapist doesn't... F- certainly doesn't fix everything, but tries to show you how things could be different than, in this case, Neil had kind of accepted this is just his life. And so then then Jonathan says to him, you can't selectively numb feelings. So if you try to numb the vulnerability, you also numb joy, happiness, connection. You can't have connection and joy and happiness without vulnerability. This is from Brene Brown, who is someone who is... Um, has a doctorate, a PhD in social work, and is pretty popular in, in, I guess, mainstream popularity Mm -hmm. in books, and her TED Talk had a lot of views, and she talks a lot about imperfection and vulnerability, and her quote is is very similar to that, but I thought this was a nice mental health point that I would sum up as saying that I think that understandably when people are hurt or they're suffering or they're afraid of something the desire is to kind of avoid things like if you're depressed and or you're socially anxious you want to avoid situations that might make you feel worse like being around people if you're worried they're going to think negatively of you but when you do that you also cut off a lot of access and connection to the positive emotions so i thought that was a great simple way to make that general point yeah i like that a lot and if i can jump into my first one it's actually related to neil as well because that stands out as one of my favorite episodes um, I don't think that Neil was uh, necessarily depressed, but he had some behaviors that I think sometimes uh, depressed people do exhibit. Um, mainly, it seemed like he was doing a little less socializing. He was doing a little less of things that he used to enjoy. He maybe wasn't taking care of his living space or his personal care as much as he should. Dog hair everywhere Dog was hair a big everywhere. thing, right? Yep, he absolutely. wore the same clothes every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's a theme across a, a lot of the episodes, but it really stood out for me with Neil. So what I like that across many of the episodes, but specifically with Neil as well, one of the things that the Fab Five tries to get the heroes to do is to engage in a little bit, I think maybe not directly, but overlapping what we call behavior activation, which is this thing that sometimes as therapists that we work on with our clients, 
where they're experiencing times where they're they're maybe avoiding they're they're not taking care of themselves they're not engaging in the behaviors that we need to do and we help them really break these things down into very little steps and get them re-engaging in things that they need to accomplish or things that they enjoy and help them uh, start to feel better because they're accomplishing things again and experiencing a little mastery over things in their life again so this can kind of have almost the opposite snowball effect that a depressive uh episode can have where they're accomplishing something they're feeling better and then they accomplish more and more and they you just see such a nice increase in functioning and mood and i think that this is paralleled really well by neil in uh queer eye as well as some of the other heroes as well so i thought it was a it kind of overlaps with this kind of idea of behavior activation i agree and i think about like the idea from cognitive behavioral therapy acting as if and so Mm. It's kind of, I think that one of the themes in this show is you see people saying, well, I'm going to do this thing and then I'll start taking more mm-hmm. care of myself. I'll, I'll lose weight or I'll exercise more or I'll get this job achievement and mm-hmm. then I'll do that. And a big message of the show is, you know, actually, if you start treating yourself like you're someone who's worthy and can have confidence mm-hmm. in, the, in the first place, some of that will come from acting that way rather mm-hmm. than you have to feel confident and then you mm-hmm. dress like you're confident. It does have a little bit of flavor, too, of uh, dialectical behavior therapy mm-hmm. you can kind of sense, which we've talked about in the past on the show as well, which is a treatment that was developed for chronically suicidal individuals or individuals with borderline personality disorder by Marsha Linehan, a psychologist. And kind of if you had to sum up DBT in one sentence, it would be, what are the things that you need to do to be living a life worth living? Which is, I'm not saying exactly right there, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of reflected in Queer Eye as well. What are the things that you have to do instead of accomplishing this thing that's going to make you happy? What are the things that you can be doing now to feel happy about how your life is? Exactly. And the skill in in DBT, which is acting opposite to emotion. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're feeling down or insecure, you don't you, you kind of, uh, you hide away from mm-hmm. people. You don't invite them to your house. Mm-hmm. Well, this is saying do the opposite of that and you can actually change your feelings sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is a general way of talking about it without much nuance, but yeah. we'll put oh, some yeah. links in mm-hmm. the episode notes to kind of talk about that a little more. This is a similar theme to another episode that I really liked, which is season two, episode three, Unleashing the Sexy Beast. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> With Leo and... One of the things with Leo is he's a bartender and he doesn't, he feels self-conscious around his, he's so involved with his kids and that relationship is so so sweet. He's clearly connected with his wife. He cares a lot about his family, but what his wife would like and what he would like is to be more involved in school and to kind of talk more to his kids, uh, friends, parents, but he's afraid that they're going to judge him negatively. And so what Karamo does is very much like a exposure exercise or behavioral activation too. Um, you know, he says, well, let's let's just go hang out with some other dads and mm-hmm. the kids and see how it is. And so then Leo goes and he's, I mean, he's charming, gets along with them. Mm-hmm. It goes really well. And then later they show him at another kind of social gathering where he has more confidence about himself because now he's realized he's able to connect with these people even though he feels different than them in some ways and so i think that really gets at the idea that with some encouragement and and with some warmth and even some advice that karamo gave him 
he he's help, really helping Leo to build a sense of efficacy and reduce the fear because he was probably anxious when he first started talking to them, but that reduced over time as he saw, no, we actually can connect about things. And so I thought that was another nice theme. And, and that was another thing where you see these little things, Leo, start to see, oh, I can have a little more confidence mm. about myself through through the actions going first mm -hmm. rather than the thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the thoughts should go first, but in this case, mm -hmm. the actions can be powerful too and help chip away at some of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's kind of related to my next point, which was related to or kind of picking up on this idea of confidence and self-care. And I had kind of an aside about some open science issues, but maybe we'll save open science for a different episode for the sake of time. I was catching up with Brennan too much before we recorded this, so <laughs> this episode is so it, short. It, it's, uh, it went both directions. So, um, really, what what I kind of liked about how there there's an intersection between confidence and self-care in this entire series. Very, I would say, almost all, if not the vast majority of the heroes on the show struggle with their confidence in some aspect. And maybe it's not across domains, maybe it's just in one part of life, or there are some who seem to struggle in a lot of areas with their confidence. And how I like that confidence is addressed in the show is through self-care. It's not kind of this uh, direct way, you know, there, there are a million self-help books on confidence. How can you feel confident if you stand in a certain way or you think in a certain way or whatever but i like this kind of indirect route through self-care that is almost in every single episode where tan takes the hero to uh, a place to purchase some mm -hmm. new clothes for them and he helps them pick clothes that they like it's always very um collaborative i would say and but he maybe will push them a little bit to break out of kind of their comfort zone and he helps people fit clothes or find clothes that are going to fit well and look well and kind of dress appropriately for wherever they are in life or how they want to feel or look and it's it's just universal for how these folks walk out and look at themselves in the mirror wearing these clothes and you can just see the confidence really boost up and and that's so much i think it really builds on itself but that's all that's always really uh salient for me is that moment and then there's always a moment too uh after you've kind of bring it all together where they've gotten maybe their hair done differently with jonathan and they've talked to, to caramel about culture a little and then the, at the end they just they're walking and acting and looking like a totally different person i think by helping them understand self-care and and especially maybe this applies to everyone but maybe this is just sticking out in my mind as a male um you know learning about it's okay to like take care of your skin that that's you know there's kind of this there are rules about masculinity in our culture and they're challenged in this show in a really important way that helps people feel a lot better, I think. I'll just sum it up with that. Yeah, yeah I, I think those are some great points. And I think, you know, again, you know, they're not doing therapy, but they're showing them that. So it's not the kind of self-care like, oh, I'm going to go like pamper myself from now no. on and I'm going to be at the spa forever. It's like you're working really hard and you're so focused on a bunch of other people, but you can take time to get a haircut and mm -hmm. shave or whatever it is. Yes. I mean, and a lot of them, even after they get a haircut, they feel so much yeah. better. And they're like, it's okay to find some time to get a haircut. Yeah. And so it is, you know, and I think that's part of the thing about who they appear to choose, at least from mm -hmm. watching the show. They're not picking people, most of them, are people who are erring way on the other side of things that they're not like they're so focused on other people yeah. they're not doing things to kind of maintain their health and other yes. types of things 
Because you could see it backfiring if they picked people who were, I don't know, already looking for yeah. reasons to ignore people. But that's not it. They're trying to like, yeah. they're trying to turn the knob a little on the people who are really like kind of down on themselves yeah. and not making time. They're like, you can make a little time. They, and, it's, and But that even that fitting, like you said, like making it tailored to them. I mean, that's a big part in therapy. What you try to do is make it fit yeah. for that individual. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, it, it, Having that collaborative process where you're you're remembering that the person is the expert on themselves so you're working together to find what's going to work yeah absolutely mm -hmm. it's so important yes that's it's a great point i think that um so the the other thing that i wanted to bring up is there's the episode five in season one there's a man named bobby and he works a ton like I think he sleeps like three or four mm -hmm. hours a night or something. And his family is quite religious. And Bobby, one of the Fab Five, uh, grew up in a religious household and describes that um, growing up, he heard a lot of horrible things about gay people in his church. And that really hurt him because he was really uh, felt connection in that church until that started happening. And, and as he got older, he kind of when he was younger, that influenced how he thought about himself. But as he got older, he refused to accept the negativity that people were saying. Um, in fact, he said when he was younger, he used to pray that God would make him not gay anymore. But then over time started saying, um, you know, he wanted to be free of that negativity from his experience. And then the the other Bobby says that um, the devoutly Christian father in this says god is love he doesn't feel negatively toward gay people even though you know i grew up around some of those same things i want you to know in this household you're welcome and so it's a very touching mo moment and then there's this great just reframe and in, in therapy people use metaphors and stories a lot mm -hmm. i mean in certain types of therapies even more than others but one of the reframes in this is while they're they're gardening and i mean some of it is like literally kind of reflecting what they're doing and one of the bobbies says i heard a preacher once say sometimes when you're feeling buried you're actually just planted and that's you know that's a reframe at its heart basically you know you feel like you're stuck but maybe you're planted where you need to be and you can grow from that and so i thought that that whole scene was very moving and touching, talking about how their views had changed over time, talking about their connections, and also just their resilience in dealing with the different things that they had in their life. I like that too. That that one really stood out in my mind. I'm happy you brought it back because I, that was one of those little, there are a handful of, the whole show is exceptionally good. There are a handful of moments that really stand out or capture my attention, and that was one. I thought that was so nice. Yeah. All right. I don't have any more. Okay. I, I was less ambitious than you and did not prepare three. <laughs> no, that's good because the movie starts in 15 minutes. It does, minutes. <laughs> so, which is probably a good uh, cue mm -hmm. to wrap up the episode, unfortunately, yes. uh, so soon. But um, Let's bring it back and have some Brandon's Pearls of Wisdom segment. <laughs> yeah, right now. Um, so this is so on the spot because I haven't done Pearls of Wisdom in like six months. It wasn't very Or longer, fun. maybe. Maybe a year. <laughs> but really, the Pearl of Wisdom is for this episode is more of a call to action in that if you haven't watched Queer Eye, just watch it. That's what it is for today. It's not insightful or deep. It's just well, it's just such a good show. And I think for me personally, it's such an antidote to the world in a lot of ways, which is um, I maybe reflects my personality a little bit, and I tend to get caught up in divisiveness and cynicism a little. So this is such a nice way for me to remember that 
things are uh, going to be okay and and there are still a lot of there's a lot of good stuff out there still yeah yeah i I agree i think it's just really heartwarming to see people from very diverse perspectives kind of coming together and making these connections and you know i'm aware that it's a tv show so it's not like you know i know that's kind of their thing but a lot of it seems genuine and it seems to make a difference and it's just a little more sweetness in the world. Absolutely, which is so needed. So with that, we'll end a little bit uh, sooner than usual for our episode, but we'll be back soon as we figure out a more uh, regular recording schedule. And we've got some more guests who will hopefully be lined up. And we've got we've just got a lot more content coming out for the next 100 episodes. So, <laughs> so look forward to it, folks. And thank you, everyone, who's stuck with us and is still tuning in. And uh, you'll hear from us again soon. Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council Podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council Podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.